The Baby Lambs podcast may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 37 of Baby Lambs. Um, I am joined today by several people. Um, it's a very exciting day here in Florida. Um, we're waiting to hear more details on the Florida recount. Um, today is a deadline for some of the automatic uh, ballot counters. Um, so we actually don't have any data, but it's fine. We're going to just keep talking about what's going on in Florida and how everything sucks. So I'm joined here. I'm going to go down the line. Um, I'm going to start with somebody that you've already been introduced to, Lonia. Hi. She's now, she's officially named herself our political correspondent. Self-proclaimed. Yeah. Should I play this at some? Yes. All but, right. But yeah, so Lissette already has feelings on that. But before we play it, let's introduce everybody okay. else. So we have another recurring Baby Lambs correspondent here. And that is Alex slash Sasha. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's me, Alex slash Sasha. <laughs> nice to be here again. And we are going to be, and I am introducing two brand new Baby Lambs. Well, one has just been working behind the scenes, but one is definitely brand new. I pulled her into this office and here she is. <laughs> is and it's christina say hi hi everybody and last but not least the man behind the mask the man behind all of the weird (laughs) news that we talk about on baby lambs the one who emails us randomly throughout the week with weird shit he found on sun sentinel (laughs) (laughs) mr derek Hi, baby lammers. Yes! A round of applause for the whole family. I'm just so excited. You don't understand. This has been a process in the making. I've wanted to have a group like this. Um, and, and just so you know, yes, you are all auditioning right now for this coveted seat okay. in the Baby Lambs Talk podcast. About pressure. I'm, I mean, I mean, you. There is some stiff competition. I know, I'm, and but I feel the heat. Literally, <laughs> literally. but that's but that's the office. <laughs> we won't get into that, but Derek knows all about that. <laughs> right, Derek. Right, Derek. Right, Derek. But anyway, so yeah, um, we have had a. There has been a bit of movement. Now that we're a week. After the election, I feel like now, I mean, when we first started talking, when Lonya came on last week, it had just finished. You know, we had literally just learned while we were here about um, Jeff Sessions, um, uh, whatever, forced resignation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so now that we've had a week to digest the everything, um, I thought like it could be a nice time to retouch that. And, and I wanted to give Derek some time to think about his feelings and what he wanted to contribute because you know I was going to get him in the seat eventually. I don't do feelings, just so you know. <laughs> I tried to tell him to watch Inside Out today and he was like, yeah, no. Why not? No. You don't have to feel the feelings. You just got to watch the movie about the feelings. <laughs> and it's such a good movie. It's a very I, good I believe movie. you. I, yeah, but you've never seen it? He'll take our word I haven't watched it all, no. It's very good. Just, it's so oh good. Oh my so God. Good. Guys. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a separate conversation. I'm going to have a Disney-filled one, and we're going to get you to watch it. I already found out that other pet people in this office haven't watched some, like, key movies. Never seen Bambi. <gasps> Un- I saw that. Never seen The Little Mermaid. Oh, what? what? Like that's a generational I thing. I know. I know. What, but, what do you mean? She was, she was born <laughs> when it came out. I am gonna be. I wasn't even alive when it came out. We're the same generation. Not Bambi, Bambi, but I saw Bambi. (laughs) I also nobody was alive here in the fifties either. But we all saw Snow White. 
Right? Oh, I've never seen someone like me. Even if we're talking generational. Ariel, I mean, come on. I'm the same generation as her. And she's still... I've seen it multiple times. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, well... off topic. Squirrel. <laughs> squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Squirrel, squirrel. Did you see that movie? Did you see Up? No. Dios no. <laughs> Santo! Yeah. I mean, let's just clarify. The only time I watch cartoons is when my kids are watching it. And even then, I don't watch it. All right. Yeah, but some of these cartoons have real life, like... Voices? Lessons. <laughs> Lessons. <laughs> and voices. Well, I get it. I'm, I understand that you're not watching them because you're too busy watching the news. You like that You see how we do? So, I'm not going to lie. I have been paying very little attention to everything. So and I have been paying even less attention cool. to everything. So Christy so, and I are going to yeah. be educated today. Yeah. Um, but you know, I have tried to. I, uh, let me pull off, pull, pull down the photo of my stepbrother that everyone wanted to see. Um, so there has been some other rulings that I'm sure that you guys will comment on because I did do a brief like, "What the hell's going on?" right before this in preparation because we like to prepare here mm. at Baby Lambs. Um, but I know that there's more to add to that, and I know that our political correspondent here, Lonia. What? Self-proclaimed. It's official? Self-proclaimed. <laughs> I know that I'm making executive decisions. Do we while... want to hear what Lisette has to say? Oh, yeah. If you... Lisette does have some feelings about this. She and... does. From Japan. And you know? really early morning hours. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. What time is it over there? If it is 4, it's probably like 5 a.m. over there. Okay, oh, cool. Wow. So this was her at 5 a.m. Uh, it to Lonia's... Re- to... Okay, go ahead. She misses me. Let's be real. Uh, okay. Okay. Just want to make sure. Lonia, no one wants you as a political correspondent. <laughs> one, it's too early here. And two, you're the worst. <laughs> also, hi, everybody. Hi, Lisa. Hi. We miss you. Sorry for messing up your podcast. <laughs> I know. That's me. The mostest. At all. You guys are just enhancing the flavors. The flavor. The flavor. Well, I say flavors because now there's more of us. So now we're like a really fancy six flavored, four, five flavored, five flavored Neapolitan ice cream. And I think there's various levels of knowledge. I I, I was joking a little bit earlier. I think it goes from like this to like this. It's like like the cell phone. Yeah, the cell phone bars. From small to high. I think I'm the lowest. Um, mm, I doubt I, that. I think I'm the lowest. You think you're the I think lowest? I'm. I'm not the lowest. You're probably about a hair above me. I'm. I'm, I'm right there with you, and then they're like up there. But you also have a different perspective because I you do. grew up with family in government, in the government, aggressive government. So my whole family worked for Social Security pretty much, and my dad um, works for, um, still works for, in some contracted way for the Coast Guard. So I kind of went a little rogue, and I'm like, not for me. And I went into, I guess it's a state agency, so it's yeah. kind of, uh, yeah. yeah, it's not as bad. We're the hippies. Uh, so, so I have yeah. government work. I've I've heard the the kind of um, games that are played with employees. I've heard the struggles of the union and how hard it is, and how many times my brother recently decided. Um, to you know, try another career path, and a lot of the struggles that they experience um, has to do with investigations. So anytime an employee complains or the union gets involved, all the employees go through this mini trial that happens within the job, and it's kind of just this extra layer of stress from them. So I have that perspective. 
Um, so I, and I also do have a different, I don't know if we can talk about political backgrounds and who's what, but you know, I'm, I'm a blue dot and a red C. So my family is very Republican and they talk about that. So, um, the differences and struggles there. So I've definitely seen a lot of things that I understand where they're coming from and what has led them to have that kind of perspective. But see, that makes you more qualified than you think you yeah, are. Yeah, more qualified, but I was joking around earlier that I'm very Reddit bound, so if it's not like paired <laughs> with like a cat meme, I don't know what's happening. So it's kind of, for me, it was a way to kind of diffuse, and that's why I just go solely to there, because if something big happens, it's going to be on front mm-hmm. page, and then after I get upset about it, oh, there's a kitty with a laser, and we're good. So so that's kind of like, and when I heard long <laughs> It sounds time, dangerous. It, it, it's never dangerous. It's always cute. <laughs> it is always cute. So when I heard L- Lonia's podcast, I told you it was one of my favorite. I felt so educated, and I, and now I understand. Aww. I would love to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just giving her more I fuel to yeah. be the yeah. political correspondent. I'm down because all I know are these stories, and I can tell you the horror stories my mom has told me of things that have happened to her with demotions. And um, a short story was one of the employees got really frustrated and decided he was just going to hop onto a cabinet and just stay there. Yeah, he stayed like eight hours on the top of one of the filing cabinets. So he like filibustered his his firing? He was protesting his day. Yeah. Wow. So, and she's just there typing away, and I go, what did you do, Mom? She's like, I just let him sit in the cabinet. There's really nothing I can do. I have to file a complaint with the union. So that's yeah. kind of the stuff that they have to go through and the hoops they have to jump yeah. as employees. Um, so it's a very interesting and different perspective because they're kind of working for that bigger picture. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But I'd, I'd love to one day ex- pick your mind and also explore the Electoral College, which drives me. Yeah. yeah. To a very dark place. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, Derek's eyes Derek just went up. Derek just, just beamed me. Derek was like, <laughs> we don't talk about the Electoral College. <laughs> well, like, one thing that I didn't know, like, I thought I knew, but I just wanted to make sure, was I didn't know how counties and districts affected senatorial races and co- gubernatorial? Help me out here. That sounds gubernatorial. Okay, English has a second language. You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm not going through this again. So I was like, is it by counties? Is it the popular vote? Like, because all the reporting comes in as coming in by county. So I'm like, mm-hmm. is it kind of like the electoral vote, where mm-hmm. some counties get more? Um, and then after some research, I did confirm it's by popular vote. So that's why these recounts kind of become so much more important. Because mm-hmm. every single vote counts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know why it can't be like that. All across the states? All across, yeah. yeah. Across the board. Well, that well, was my, my, my part of my whole issue when Trump first got elected as far as, you know, you know, I, I don't know. Here in Florida, it's a little different story. We're very, you know, anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's when I was uh, think, talking about the Electoral College at that point in time. It's like, you know... Why are people still representing our votes when a lot of times in the past the popular vote hasn't mm-hmm. has always has been bigger than the the I don't know yeah that that, yeah. that is a podcast this, in itself I think. Agree. I, I there definitely is. agree yeah uh, the senatorial map is also baffling because when you start talking about population the representation and your vote in Kansas Montana. Uh-huh. Somewhere right like that is going to be weighted more than what it would be in Florida because it's two per state, even though the population is so much fewer. But, you know, that's just how the system's set up. Right. I heard this morning 
on NPR that Broward has a 1.9 million population. Broward? So, Broward? Broward, 1.9 million. Wow. Which means that in it would be like either the 37th or 47th state. So that means that Broward County is bigger than a lot of states. Wow. Yet the representation doesn't show that. So that's mm-hmm. just wow. interesting in itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And you're from Broward, right? Like that's your district. Uh, yes, Derek. I live in Broward. You not live in from. You're not from Broward. You're from an even another politically like everyone was on pins and needles state. Well, because everybody was wondering if Ted Cruz is not really. going to take it or not, wasn't um, it? I, Am I wrong? I mean, Probably. Beto made it close. Yeah, he made he the did. mainland. But, I mean, realistically, it probably wasn't going to happen. No? Yeah, because you're from no. Texas. I'm from yeah. Texas, from Dallas County, mm. by way of Houston, which was Harris County, which were both blue, very blue, mm. in a very red state. Houston is blue? I thought Houston was red. Harris County was blue. So Harris County in particular is blue. Mm-hmm. And so is Dallas County. I didn't realize that Dallas County was blue when I when I when I visited for like a the second. The city of Dallas, definitely. But don't definitely. don't large cities tend to be more blue? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I more wonder educated. why that is. Mm. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, I mean, look, I it's clear. I know that there's definitely there's not only is there like several layers of you know, information and knowledge when it comes to, like, the political system in this room. I know that there's varying degrees of of liberalness in here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that I'm sure I'm going to hear people Mm -hmm. say, like, why didn't you have a Republican sit in and listen, whatever. Mm -hmm. Just to be clear, regardless of whatever, I mean, we have whatever ways we lean Mm -hmm. are the, are, it, 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 it's still, it doesn't negate what the facts of the situation Mm -hmm. are. Necessarily, and, and me right. in particular, yeah. even even though I think I do associate myself with Democrat, I'm very conservative, and there were certain points that we were discussing that should have been a clear choice for a Democrat that I went totally no way not happening in, yeah. in my world. So I think I do have that conservative voice, and my whole family is pretty much a Republican. So I, I can't bring, bring that perspective. Yeah, of course, know, so. exactly. So. And I'm pretty sure whatever, whichever way you lean, you're always going to have some conservative views on certain things mm-hmm. that are that you're passionate about that mm-hmm. are like, no, I don't necessarily agree with this from the Democratic point of view, but mm-hmm. or the same thing the other way. And my dad, actually, I had a conversation with him yesterday because my dad is hardcore Republican. And, um, you know, he was, uh, you know, but ultimately, he was like, oh, well, I think if, if everything went the op- the other way, that you would be singing a different tune. And at the end of the story, it was basically me telling my dad, look, do I want a Democrat to be the governor of Florida right now? Yes, I, of course. But at the end of the day, if, if um, you know, um, Scott wins, he wins. I just want to make sure that, that he is the 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 actual winner that every vote has actually mm-hmm. been counted as it yep. should yeah and that the people are heard yep. and then if it's got it's got and it is what it is and I will accept it for what it is because that's what the people wanted mm-hmm. yeah so you know but this is the part I don't understand like I get that there's some issues in Broward that there's a history of issues with this well it's Palm Beach specifically no it's Broward specifically who has the issues oh. right now West well okay so there's two separate things. The election recount was supposed to be done by 3 p.m. today. West Palm Beach wasn't able to meet that. Aside from that, some of the filings that Rick Scott did was based on kind of like a history of some hiccups with this election supervisor in Broward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she's been in hot water before. 
And yeah. not necessarily is it like a huge deal what she's in hot water for, but there's a history of it. So I get that that word mm-hmm. investigation. Maybe you want to investigate to make sure that things are done correctly. But what they did instead is that they filed a lawsuit yeah. to stop counting, period. So basically saying, since I won at this point, don't count any other votes. Just count the ones that are in. Right. As opposed to count all the votes, go back and do an investigation on it. Mm-hmm. So exactly. two separate issues. I think Broward made the deadline. West Palm Beach was the one that was in hot water for that. Mm. And based on what I see on the screen, a judge did not suspend the deadline. So basically, whatever was in at 3 p.m. was in at 3 p.m. As far as so the computer. So what Palm yeah. Beach, uh, their number reverted back to whatever was counted from previously. Okay. And I think it was the reason for it was because their machines were old and they weren't really They built, overheated. They overheated like, mm-hmm. and they weren't built ago, for, yeah. for counting all over again and all yeah. of that from what I heard. Yeah. Which is also, uh, it's like... Why do you have these old well, machines? Yeah. Well, why, but with that type of information, why wouldn't it be extended? Well, supposedly it went up to a federal judge now. Like... The state judge, I guess, denied it, but it's going up to a federal judge to make the final call. So I guess they can recount it as well in the future, but we'll see. I was just very annoyed that, you know, Scott just filed the lawsuit and was claiming all these things, voter fraud or whatever, without, you know, evidence of... Well, that's the thing. There definitely wasn't evidence in West Palm Beach, but there was issues in Broward in the past yeah, that... Which is a shame, because Broward, again, Broward is, is notoriously blue, right? Yeah. So... And that's the thing. It's not necessarily these issues that make you say absolutely there was fraud, but it is issues that can make you say maybe we should further investigate. And I get that. Yeah. Just not let's, you know... Let's just Just stop. Count. Yeah, no. I don't so, agree with that. Honestly, I don't think Gillum has a chance. Like, I, I really don't think so. The only recount that's going to matter is the Nelson and, and Scott one. Um, and yeah, I mean... Which, more than likely, that's going to go to a hand count, so... It is going to a hand count. So... Wow. Yeah. yeah. Depending so, on the numbers from the, the new tally. Right, so I think three of us, right? Three of us registered for the recount this weekend? Yeah, so just for context, um, the Florida Democratic Party started contacting individuals registered as Democrats asking for assistance on hand recounting um, this weekend. So I I signed up, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that they give me a time slot. Yeah. I haven't received one yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, all, we went through the trainings. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. I learned nothing because I didn't pay attention. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, luckily, they have um, other uh, training sessions today, and, and I think tomorrow. Yeah. I'm also ske- I was also scheduled for three. So one of them I'll... I'll, I'll You'll pay attention. I'll, pay attention. you know, absorb. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, but from it, what I was able to learn, it is... It is interesting because the same, the same thing happened to me. I had an, you know, I'm, uh, I've been taking care of my dad who's, uh, who had surgery, so I was kind of in the middle of taking care of that and doing the, the session and then I kind of fell asleep but I paid attention to the beginning part of it and I, I didn't know about the undervotes and yeah, I didn't yeah. know what that meant right so I always thought that it was like you're recounting every single yeah. paper ballot that was ever turned mm-hmm. in and it's not it's mm-hmm. only counting the ones that the machine can't read so if either it was left blank or it only had a dot or it circled multiple things or it was only half circled or whatever mm-hmm. then those are the ones that we're recounting by hand. All the machine counts stay. It's just the ones that the machine couldn't count. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's just to be like the human eye on, because like the examples that they gave in the in the thing was like, 
okay, if this person is, if it's filled in like this for this person and there's like a little bit of a dot in the second person, like, would you protest it? Would you object it based on, you know? Mm-hmm. And and, and, are, and the recounts are going to be with Democrats and Republicans. Yeah. Like yeah, every group is going to have representation from all the parties. Two Democrats and two Republicans yeah. in each table. And then there's the people who are, like, essentially showing the ballot and saying, like, mm-hmm. what what do you think of this? And I believe mm-hmm. if they don't agree, then it goes to... Straight to, to the lawyers to fight. Yeah. So if the people who are showing the ballots don't agree, like the ones that are just basically showing them and saying, we think this is an overturn, which means that there's an actual vote here. Wow. Um, then it goes to, to the observers to say, yes, I object, or um, no, I don't, essentially. And at that point, uh, the lawyers are going to figure it out later on. However, if it's objected by the people who are essentially making that first call, that mm-hmm. then it goes straight to the lawyers right away. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Boy, it's a it's a process. A lot of civility. Yeah. yeah. No, and you know what? And they have very very real assigned roles. Like yeah. one person is is the one who's objecting. Another person is reporting. Another person is doing something else. Like yeah. they have very clear roles. And they kind they of go through in the training. They go through like this is why these roles are important. So it's it's really interesting. Um, but what I think, and and I think you should post a picture about this wherever you post. I guess Instagram, mm. is that there are still some ballots in, in Florida that just are not user-friendly. Like, the bubble, everyone knows what to do with a bubble, right? You right. know, to bubble. Mm-hmm. So there's this other type of ballot that essentially is an arrow mm-hmm. um, oh, that you yeah. have to fill in the middle. Yes, and, like, there is so much, like, oh, that you could... That you could yeah, get wrong confusing. there, you know, it's like, but I won't are run. you circling? Are you connecting the dots in the line? Uh, there was one example that they used that like both Rick Scott and Nelson had a line, but then Nelson had an X on his line. Mm. And so X means that it's a, uh, a qualifying marker is the term that they use, which means that even if the X could mean that that wasn't the vote that they wanted, they marked Nelson, so that qualifies it for a Nelson vote, oh. or it qualifies it for a judge to interpret it as a Nelson vote. So it was like it's just it's crazy to me that they wouldn't make a simple uniform ballot across the That's state like say. a bubble, but what that it, is so there simple. Should be a, there should be a standardized way of collecting these. Yeah, but it yeah, makes I'm all the sense when you're talking about a state that's this complicated. Exactly, mm-hmm. and why there's so much issues with reporting, and why we always take long and can't get our shit together. But I'm sure there's a lot of parties that be that have purposely created confusing ballots so that we can have this exactly. conversation, and people can hand count and be like, what does this X mean? It's an arrow. I don't understand. <laughs> so that's another thing. I mean, it is it's like what it this. is. So I'll post a picture of it for those who aren't watching, but they're all looking at the picture of the arrow. Like, it's just so confusing. There's, it, it, literally, it's the beginning of an arrow, a blank, and then the end of an arrow. And you're supposed to mark something in the middle to indicate who you're voting for. Wow. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know. To me, it's like, if I'm, if I accidentally bubbled or put it. You know, one like of these straight lines them. into... Like, if I tried to connect these and I accidentally put it in the wrong place, like, what I would do personally is I would X the wrong one and circle the right one. Yeah. Right. But they're both counted as markers. So mm-hmm. Xs are counted as markers. Circles are counted as markers. So that would qualifying be- markers. So it just... It leaves... Like, this type of ballot leaves so much up to the person who's mm-hmm. interpreting it yeah. that it's kind of like... 
What? Mm-hmm. Is this real? So the, this uh, can't be real. Hmm. Going back to when the when the observers don't agree and it goes to the lawyers, is it the same representation? You have two, uh, two, well, yeah, two from each side. Yeah. So basically, like all the election voter lawyers from the United States are here having like the time of their life right now. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, like we are the state that everyone wants to go to when things go wrong. <laughs> like those type of lawyers are like, yes, Florida recount, we're there. You know. Well, um, actually, some of the, so I think some of the. The bigger law firms here have been asked to volunteer some of their lawyers, and I know that personally because one of my best best friends is a lawyer at a at a pretty popular firm here mm-hmm. in downtown, and she was asked to be the chief county attorney. Uh, I forgot the actual name of the county legal captain. Well, yeah, up I've... there, um, up in one of the counties up north. No, I'm sure that there's a lot of people here in Florida that are being asked to help because obviously this isn't a simple case. You're talking about every one of these ballots that is contested. A lawyer has to fight it. So you're talking about a lot of lawyers, but I think that the legal strategists that have come in have been the ones that like have been waiting for this all their life, essentially. Put that in this. What's that today? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, it's also because it's, like, cold literally everywhere yeah. in yeah. Florida. So. Well, we're yeah. supposed to get cold tomorrow. But that's not Florida. Yeah. And all over the United States, all it's fine. Okay, but cold is, like, so it's like oh, come on. Cold-ish. 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 It's, like, it's what, 70s? 70s. Yeah. 70s. That's the coldest it's getting that's on everything. Um, I guess I guess in my mind, as someone who tries to not get too deep, um, I guess I always want to wonder why it's us. And why we seem to be the topic of conversation almost during a very big. Um, and it was us. We were just talking about it. Um, the recount, George W. Bush, right? There was a recount yeah. there. There was. Yeah. I was. Um, I was. I was listening to a, a, a not podcast? A podcast, but actual news uh, station. It's because everything's just so close in Florida. Yeah. These same problems happen state, everywhere else. A state else. truly divided. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah, because if it's like in Texas, the margin of error is so so far that they don't get to all of these problems yeah. because it's not as closely yeah. divided. And we're just a large state. Like, we're mm-hmm. a very long and large state, mm-hmm. and the problems in northern Florida aren't the problems in, you know, south Florida. True. So, you know, maybe up there, climate change isn't as important to them as here in Miami where beaches are affected and red tide and all this mm-hmm. stuff, you know? So I think that's part of what makes us more divided. And just, again, you know, the cities where there's universities, where there's education, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Those are the ones that go blue. The rest stay red. Yeah, and I, and I, and, and strangely, I do think, and this is, this is just my, like, ignorant... And I say ignorant, meaning I don't have enough information that, like, I'm a stupid person. Um, I do I do feel that a lot of it has to do with the fact that of the shape of Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's it, it should be of no surprise that the areas that you see that lean the most toward the liberal side tend to be on the coast. They do tend to be in the larger minority populations, but it is evenly split here. Mm-hmm. The the only ones I can't really speak on behalf of is Monroe County. I just just don't understand we Monroe County. About that one. Yeah. Orlando is considered one of those areas yeah, that is 
I mean, it's where it's like from marketers tip, typically move mm-hmm. like new restaurants and new stores into Orlando purposely because it's so diverse mm-hmm. and they feel like it, you know, before they move it to the rest of the country. Be- mm-hmm. Yeah. So and there's you, that. UCF is there. There's a university. There's a there. university there. Mm-hmm. There's a university in Tampa as well. There you go. One blue. Mm-hmm. In Tallahassee, university, one blue. Alachua County. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then Jacksonville. Uh-huh. And in Tallahassee. Absolutely. Yeah. So everywhere where there's a big university, it goes blue. Well, with the exception of, uh, well, where is Gainesville? Gainesville is blue. Yeah. Gainesville is, Gainesville is blue. Gainesville is what? Could that be a Alachua, right? That, Alachua. Could that also be a result of just the younger generation that has a tendency to have grown up in a society where values have become really important, especially with you know gay rights and lesbian rights and transgender rights, and we have a tendency to grow up in this society where even some of my my best makeup influencers like Jeffree Star and James Charles, some of these individuals where we've grown to love them and we don't want anything like that affecting their ability to live the same life that we live. So maybe it could be a result of that's where a lot of these young individuals are piling up and they're going to the votes because um, they may not necessarily dive too deep into the um, government side of what it is to be a Dem or the government side of what it is to be a Republican the conservative spending versus taxes versus welfare, et cetera, et cetera. What all they know is I want to protect my rights as a woman and I want to protect my best friend who's a lesbian or a gay individual. And that is enough for me to vote blue across the board. Well, so so that's super interesting. And like what history tells us is that, yes, when we are young and ideal, Mm -hmm. you know, we just got our right to vote and maybe Mm -hmm. through college, that's your thought, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're voting on social issues more, more than, than economic my issues. taxes because I've never experienced exactly. taxes being cut. So, so but then as we grow yeah. older, we get married, we pay taxes. Like, that oh shifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're like, I don't want my property tax yeah. to increase. Exactly. I, I want to try. It's yes and no. Yeah. I I don't know if it's completely that. I do think that there's a a tide and a wave that is trending towards this generation just being Mm -hmm. more democratic altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, A little bit of what Mm -hmm. you said, Christy, and um, I think also the target audience of what is now the Republican Party Mm -hmm. seems to be more of a different generation that it's aiming for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also, it goes back to, to what Christy was saying, that it's like when you see people and you know people who mm-hmm. go through some of these trials that make these mm-hmm. social issues so important, I think that exposure mm-hmm. just to it, and with social media, mm-hmm. we can say there's a lot more exposure. There is. And yeah. even to people suffering. Yeah, but even reality TV, suffering. like there's just a more exposure mm-hmm. to the other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that also is part of why around universities, you know, we see that vote go blue because there mm-hmm. is much more exposure and because it's mm-hmm. personal, right? It's in person. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. I agree. I mean, because in other states, I mean, there's a lot of of universities out there that are primarily Republican-based universities. Um, And my stepfather was from Alabama. Okay. And I believe he would always say the Crimson Tide. So it's the University of Alabama. Maybe. The Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Yes. <laughs> I, yes, I have heard all about them. Um, so he had a bachelor's degree from that university and um, was very, 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 very Republican. Yeah. Um, so it, it comes a lot to, I think, to 
again, a different generation, like you were saying. It's but interesting because I think also there. personal experience. But different exposure. Right, the exposure there in Alabama is not the same as, you know, exposures in, you know, larger, Agreed. more dynamic, more Agreed. urban areas. And I think there's a lot to be said about diversity. Exactly. So, so for example, New York is blue through and through. I think we'll, if that ever flips... Come, come, come to my house. I need CPR. I mm-hmm. need to be right because it's notoriously just been that way, um, and I think it's because it's so diverse. Mm-hmm. And when you have so many perspectives from so so many different backgrounds, social social ideas from different countries, it's hard to be limiting to narrow your focus. Um, so I think when you open up that opportunity to learn so much about other people, you kind of want the best for them. It becomes personal, becomes about those values Mm -hmm. rather than just looking at the numbers in a piece of paper and seeing what makes sense Mm -hmm. right now. Um, But for for me, and and being on the conservative side of them, there are a lot of things that I'm sure I could talk about and mention and everybody will lose their mind about things I don't agree with with spending on the Democratic side. But like I said, me personally, you cannot tell me what to do with my body ever. Mm Ever, and you cannot tell me what my friend can yeah. do with theirs, and, and, who, they and who they can marry. He, mm-hmm. if you want to get married and make yourself miserable, you should have the right to do yeah. that. You know, <laughs> well, I, I don't think I mean, you I really should have the right think, to do that. I don't think we're gonna go backwards. Like I don't, I in that in that kind of LGBT kind of, um, you know, activism that's happening. I don't think mm-hmm. we're gonna go backwards in that. But I do see, you know, race relig- race relations going down. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that we are going backwards in. Mm-hmm. And we need to figure out kind of how to mitigate that. Mm-hmm. And not, like, just as a party, but, like, as humans, how do we just kind of break that barrier down mm-hmm. and make sure that it's not affecting our day-to-day? I think especially with what you, you mentioned, Christy, uh, Alabama, obviously, being in the South, and looking at history and looking at New York and being in the North and the South and the, I guess, Southern pride, mm-hmm. we'll say that, um, that's going to play a role, that's going to play a role into uh, mm-hmm. just just kind of way that history history of the areas affect mm-hmm. all of that, and then Alabama, I mean, you you do have a strong presence of civil rights there, but mm-hmm. it's obviously going to be in the larger cities. Uh, mm-hmm. and, but even those cities are still kind of red sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that might have played a role in it as well as far as his his thoughts in conservatism. Um, but, you know, the New York part of it, it is what it's it, a, I mean. It's I don't a melting see, pot. Yeah, it's a melting pot. I think that's where you get your your mind opens up to other opportunities, and that's what happens here in Miami yeah, that's and in Broward. You Miami, know, like you know. that's why you know in we're the not, we're in, our cities. in the armpit of Florida, as mm-hmm. Ashley likes to call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, over there, there isn't that diversity factor. So, like, no, yes, but they, exposure. But they I mean, do. exposure to diversity. Mm-hmm. But I will say they've hooded blue. Well, yeah, but not really on the coast, not in the not actual in the coast. armpit. Yeah, no, not in the actual armpit. I Only I think what, where Tallahassee is, the big city. Pretty much, yeah. Something where Lonia touched on earlier, it kind of reminded me of, some, of a conversation I had earlier today with someone that I know, is that, you know, I don't exactly know where she stood prior to this event as far as political-wise, but mm-hmm. uh, a friend of mine 
she expressly, she basically told me the moment she realized that she was a Republican through and through, going forward, from that point forward. And it was a year, a couple years ago, she had lost her job, right? Now she, um, in her household, they make a decent income. Now at this time in her life, not a, you know, not a large sum of money, but a decent sum of money. She was laid off. She had a, a child and was pregnant with another child. And her husband wasn't where he's at now currently in his career. Mm -hmm. So they were struggling. Mm -hmm. And of course, she went. She went in to apply for some assistance that would help at least for, for I don't remember what it was, food stamps or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she was honest. And she's like, you know, um, I, have a, I'm, I have a degree, a, a, um, a professional degree. Mm -hmm. um, but this is where I stand right now. And I need assistance. And she was denied. And in her mind, I guess it was, you know, I'm, I'm, you don't know my struggle. And I can tell you right now, this, if I laid it out for you, this is why we're struggling to make ends meet. And now, you know, or at least back then when she knew when she would get a job, she would be in a better position. In her mind, it was like, you know, all this, the, you know, I'm going to be taxed at a high, you know, higher than most people because of the, the, what I studied and what I'm going to be in my career. And the fact that I couldn't get assistance when I needed it at the time, mm -hmm. um, I guess it kind of like turned her off to to the whole idea of these. She understands that there's a reason for a lot of the assistance the programs that are there, the safety nets. But for people that are, you know, not necessarily poverty level, but at the same time, not exactly um, making, a, you know, a lot of money. They, if there's moments when they need that assistance, they really... If they're honest about things, they get denied. Or at least that's how she how she was telling me, telling telling that to me. Hmm. Well, I think that goes back to like just the middle class is slowly, you know, disappearing. Not in not not in the fear mongering way that Trump says it. Mm -hmm. um, but we we are seeing that you know the cost of living is going up, especially here mm -hmm. in South Florida. Unemployment and is going down. Unemployment is going down, mm -hmm. but salaries aren't going up. Mm -hmm. So the cost of living is a lot higher you know like i'm very lucky i i get help from my mom but the reality is that if i didn't have help mm -hmm. if, if she wasn't able to give me that i wouldn't be able to have the lifestyle i, I live mm -hmm. and that's just a reality you know and i've been lucky and i've you know grown here at fiu mm -hmm. and and i'm not in a you know both me and my fiance are employed and we're in a good place like we make a decent amount of money but the reality is to live in these comfortable areas to mm -hmm. buy property to go out for dinner and then think about the idea of having mm -hmm. kids and putting that into it yeah. like especially in miami it's just yeah. unaffordable so it's not that the middle class is disappearing because there isn't jobs it's that there hasn't been an adjustment to the cost of living mm -hmm. and that's something that we need to look at i i, I don't remember where i heard this but there was some plan and there is some plan that's getting like a little bit of traction that if you're in the middle class basically you're gonna get a monthly stipend from the government of like a thousand dollars just to help you with your like with your necessities with your payments that would therefore allow you to spend money on goods supplies and other things that keep people employed so it's something that i think they were trying in europe and they started like floating the idea and meeting with congress members and stuff do I think it's likely going to happen in the United States? No, probably not. And if it does, not for a very long time. But it was something to think about. Like, if you're able to put $1,000 towards your rent, then you probably have $1,000 to be spending on goods, services, tourism, activities, things that keep other people employed as well. So, you know, it was, it was an interesting thought. Like, I was like, man, that's cool. 
Mm-hmm. I'm a prime example of the fact that, you know, I I can't afford to, on, at least on my salary alone, to live in just a small apartment, actual apartment. I live in a studio here, uh, or an efficiency, what mm-hmm. you would call it here, and it if I... If I shelled out the money for an apartment, I probably could, but I'd be living paycheck to paycheck. Because again, to your point, it's there is no adjustment as far as salaries increases considering how expensive it is now to live in Miami mm-hmm. and how expensive it is for to for everything here, basically mm-hmm. to live to for an apartment, for to go out to dinner, to go out to dinner, everything. Here. Like it's just insane, and I think that's that. That's where, like, we need to realize that it's not just, like, the economy of what I'm getting taxed, but it's, like, how do we create policies that are going to either, I don't want to say limit the cost of living, but, like, put some kind of, like, pause Mm -hmm. on it or some kind of restriction on it Mm -hmm. while Mm -hmm. salaries increase or, you know, increase salaries. Like, actually make it a requirement to do so. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about the minimum wage jobs. I'm talking about, again, those middle class jobs that... You know, you need a, the average MBA salary is one hundred and ten thousand dollars nationally. Here, it's seventy thousand, seventy to eighty. You know, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's like, others that are going to be at fifty still. Yeah, but that's the type of thing that we, as like a state, need to look at. You know, because I'm sure that on the west side in the Everglades, they're not paying mm-hmm. the rents that we are. They're not mm-hmm. paying, you know, the the mortgages that we are. Mm-hmm. Mm. yet those are the most conservative places right so it's like what's going on here you know yeah I, I think anytime you get into that realm of telling businesses how to operate mm-hmm. it's even from a democratic conservative or republican or conservative slash democratic viewpoint it's it's gonna fall flat on its face and this capitalistic society but it's not even the i'm not even talking about businesses i'm talking about you know public institutions talk about you know state employees talk about city employees like those salaries are also low and these are bodies entities Mm -hmm. institutions that could help and they are supposed to be helping so i'm not talking about going you know just the corporate way because the corporate Mm -hmm. way you could be making a little bit more money maybe not a ton but a little bit more um, but even the state and, and just government institutions that can really help out their own employees. Mm-hmm. I, I go back to, um, so uh, like last week I was sitting in on scholarship interviews um, with young people who were looking, for, like we had a very prestigious donor come into FIU who was, you know, they, they interviewed a bunch of people and there was this young woman who came by. Um, and she, I swear to you, blew me away. I had to like hold back the tears. She was just so well-spoken. She was just amazing. And one of the items that she spoke about, um, in prevent, like, you know, cause we asked her questions like, what would you use this scholarship for? And the scholarship is extreme. Like it would, it usually, it pretty much covers almost all of tuition for an, for an undergraduate student. And uh, like, what are your aspirations? And she mentioned that, you know, considering all of her philanthropic work and like, you know, work in the community, she had like this in- inherent desire to be, um, to be a part of the House of Representatives. Wow. But because of the state of the House of Representatives currently, because of the political system as it is right now, she was like, maybe I'm gonna do 
something in, in the private sector instead. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. it killed me. And I think that in addition to the pay issue and, and uh, in addition to, like, the overall temperature, when you don't have a desirable wage next attached mm-hmm. to these positions, less people are going to want them. Mm-hmm. And in her case, like, I literally had to, like, you know, unbiasedly, you know, like, shake her hand and whatever. And as she walked out the door, I was like, no, you... I, I really I really pray that you rethink that because we need more people like you in mm-hmm. there. But I know that she's thinking about other things. She's thinking about how mm-hmm. how do I pay back my student loans? How mm-hmm. am I going to, you know, like I mean, luckily this scholarship would help, but you know, there's a lot of work that goes into public service and 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 and, and whatever mm-hmm. that just don't doesn't get compensated and right. and it's not even the elected officials. The elected officials for the most part are comfy, right? Mm-hmm. Like those are fine. It's the city workers, yeah. the aides, mm-hmm. the people behind the scenes who mm-hmm. aren't necessarily compensated. But people like start the people. there, right? Before they go into yeah. the yeah, big yeah, government roles? You do have some, and then you have some who don't, right? Like, you have community organizers, you have people who work in the city who have worked in government, mm-hmm. and then you also have people that have worked in the private sector, and not just because of, you know, Trump, but, you know, my Carlos Corbello, he has his own company, he worked as... Um, you know, he does, like, political campaigns and lobbying and things like that. He works, like, a Republican media firm, essentially. And, yeah, like, he went from there into the school board into Congress. I mean, now he's out. But, like, realistically speaking, he didn't have a history, let's say, Like, he wasn't, like, public the mayor. He wasn't, yeah, public yeah. servant, yeah. You know, so not necessarily are those people. You look at Philip Levine. I know he didn't win again, but... Um, that's someone who had his own company. He mm-hmm. is a multimillionaire, yeah. and he ran for the city of Miami Beach, and he did a lot of good things. He put up the mm-hmm. you know the the minimum wage to sixteen dollars an hour. He got some of the flooding under control and installed those pumps to push the water back out to the ocean. Like he did a lot of really good things. So it's not necessarily having, you know, that ambition from the beginning, but maybe going back to it. And when you're going back to it, make sure that you or like. Not going back to her when you're if you're ambitious about it from the beginning and you want to go into the corporate sector and make money and then run for office, that's fine. Just remember to fight for the people that are going to be working under you because those right. people have years and years of experience and they necess- not necessarily have been compensated for it. Or because the assumption of you are in um, you know, a government job, you're lazy, you're this, you're that, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh. Actually those people have years and years of experience they where do. they can tell you what you don't know, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And, and this morning I was actually watching, I want to say 2020, don't call me, but it was an interview with uh, Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. And it was just I so nice, and so nice to, to hear her talk mm-hmm. again. Like I was sitting there, I'm like, Republican, Democrat, don't care who you are. How could you not just listen to her mm-hmm. and just feel like you're listening to someone who's educating you, mm-hmm. providing you with a beautiful perspective? Just it was so refreshing to hear her speak. Because I did see it was all Robin Roberts. Yes. Yeah. It was yes. very refreshing to hear her speak again about... Yes you know, her take on some of the things that's going on with right. the government and then overall her book and stuff like that. And it was just... And it brings me back to something that she said and what Lonia was saying was um, about her education, 
um, Barack's level of education. Is it okay to call him Barack? Yeah. 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 At this, we're like, we're buddies. I think he let us call him that anyway. He's my best friend right now. Um, And and just, she was talking about how she thinks there needs to be for a president certain level of education Mm -hmm. and um, everything that he went through. And they met at the law firm and they were talking about how they they first got to know each other. And they're just Harvard bound, these smart law students who just were immersed in, in what it is to be government and to understand the history of it. So, do you think that that is necessary in order? To, to lead the United States, or has Trump actually set a president that you can yeah, be um, not from that world yeah. and, and still be qualified? Um, I, mean, I think the precedent that Trump has set from that standpoint is not necessarily not being from that world, but to not care about being informed mm-hmm, everything you should. World. Or advised yeah. by those who have <coughs> in that world, right? right. Like, you know, it, the girl from Sex and the City. What's her name? The one that's running. I don't even know if she oh, was. Oh, Cynthia Nixon. Nixon. Did you win? She didn't win. She, she didn't, didn't win. win. Okay, she well, was let's say anymore. she would have won, right? Like, she has no experience in government, but had she gone in and mm-hmm. surrounded herself with advisors and mm-hmm. people who know what they're talking about and the ability to listen? Because that's, that's Trump's, I think, one of his biggest downfalls, is that he's not able to listen. Mm-hmm. He thinks what he wants and he mm-hmm. knows what he wants to think. And he believes what he wants when he wants. Mm-hmm. All about and he wants. Like he all about Trump wants. And then he surrounds himself with people who are willing to confirm his thoughts yeah. and or, feelings, and not challenge him on. I mean, I, think I mean, does he really? Listen, I think there's a couple people in there who feel that it's like I have to be part of this so that he can't do anything too crazy like I have to stand mm-hmm. by him to make sure that he's not you know completely off the rails and then I think there's people who are by him like you said that are they're telling him you're it's the best everything you want to hear no, no, yeah. and I think for the people who are in there making sure that he doesn't do something like really really terrible like push the nuclear button I mean among other things and send it straight to Florida <laughs> they've talked a lot about the adult in the room and being the adult in the room uh, the problem is I think there's been a lot of talk of the adults in the room being removed at this point and they have been well even more so like when they start talking about Mattis and Kelly and those guys Mm -hmm. when they're saying they're close to being out now um, Mm -hmm. because he's been more emboldened with midterm elections and how he spun um, the lack of a blue wave which was not a blue wave but it was a significant amount um, there was when you look way. at when you look at popular vote it was a blue wave mm-hmm. uh, the gerrymandering of the senate races mm-hmm. uh, made it a lot harder for that the, uh, and the then even, and, and some of the well yeah the congressional races and then even the way some of the map works out with the senate race um and what was up mm-hmm. as far as who was up. Uh, I mean, we won a, in Arizona, we won, uh, we won a seat in Senate for the first time in 30 years. Like, it's the first time yeah. in 30 yeah, years that a Democrat won. That's impressive. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking and at these individual cases, you know, in an individual case, mm-hmm. yes, there was a blue wave. Now, was it the wave that happened when they won against Obama? Right? Like, no, it wasn't the red wave, but it was still a wave. It wasn't 45 seats, but the actual amount for popular vote was actually comparable. And I think even more uh, when some of those studies came out. Um, 
And the fact that it was seats that hadn't been turned in so long, I think that's yeah. really important yeah. to look at. Yeah, I think I think what happened is encouraging. Absolutely. Um, although I was hope I had more hopes for Florida, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, I, and we're even looking at it now. It is so close, and I was even discussing this yesterday. That other, that one two, one point two percent. Who do you think that other would have voted for if that wasn't on the ballot? The mm-hmm. other four candidates in the. No. Yeah, yeah. Votes. That would have made the difference. It would have made the difference. It was a hundred thousand five hundred forty-four, I think, if I got that right. Yeah, mm-hmm. hundred thousand and change. Um, that could have been contributed to yeah, this but... primary race. Those two. Um, no, I know that they have to be there. I mean, we could have said the same thing about Hillary, right? <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm. Listen, I'm all for, I'm all for getting as many views as, as possible, but I always see those little 1%, 0.2%, 0.3% on these people that we know just not, are not the focus of this campaign, and we know that it's not going to go anywhere. Those at these times are such critical votes that, you know, those people that are running, I'd like them to really consider whether or not they're helping the cause or... If, if there I mean there has to be and Lorna maybe you can help me out remember Reddit is my world um, so it's all cats and dogs and stuff like that if you can help me these other there's the primary Dem the primary Republican and these other little independents and all these how do they get there on that ballot how, I mean, how, how do they honestly it's as simple there. as you can write someone in like you can literally just write anyone's name in right and that's part of these hundred thousand votes um, I think when it comes to this other, you're looking at people who feel disenfranchised or non-represented by both parties, right? And it's like, we are one of the only countries in the world that only have a two-party system. And I think there mm. is a benefit and there, if, if there was enough of a push, which there isn't right now, for there to be a third party, mm-hmm. you know, I think that would be able to balance a lot of the scales. Yeah. I think it would be great in the long term. Mm-hmm. However... Right now, when we're this divided, I agree with you. It's a waste of a vote. It's a waste of precious votes. Yeah. You know, and it, it, we have to look at how we want to restructure as a nation mm-hmm. after this. And I don't think, like, until Trump is out of the White House, whether it's 2020 or 2024, like, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to be there till then. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to be able to rebuild until he's out. Because mm-hmm. from here to whatever day comes that he's out... He's gonna to continue to be divisive. So, so what what amount? And again, I think I might be the cons- most conservative voice in the room. What damage do you think he's actually doing to to society? I think it's foreign affairs wise. Oh God, foreign affairs is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cultural damage mm-hmm. he's doing is mm-hmm. extreme. Yeah. At mm-hmm. this point, it's extreme, um, and it's things that we you won't look at every day, but we'll see things pop up here and there and it's you know when i mean the extreme would be okay you see folks emboldened to send out bombs to Mm -hmm. democrats Mm -hmm. and so forth and then um i was talking to ashley about how you see more political races and candidates who are starting to intentionally say dog whistles Mm-hmm. And come out and you know just kind of downplay it mm-hmm. just to get support from that fringe group, mm-hmm. and as that emboldens that fringe group, it mm-hmm. grows 
and it just yeah. divides. It, it becomes divides more acceptable. For me, and after watching the 2020 with Michelle Obama, I don't think it's just him. Um, a lot of the comments <coughs> that she said, she even said that it was pretty much um, a, a built-up resentment mm-hmm. from the country um, on her eight years and Barack's eight years in office. That that built-up resentment plus this individual who's fanning those flames has brought this situation that we currently have. Where is that resentment coming from? Is it coming Um, from... Well, through what she was communicating, the vibe that I got from her, that there was just racial tensions, Mm -hmm. um, maybe also Republicans feeling like it was just so many years of them completely not agreeing with everything that he did. So it just built up this level of resentment against them that they wanted to do something really aggressive. Well, I, I really hate to cut the conversations mm-hmm. short i mean mm-hmm. i feel like we're really building to a di- in a direction that i definitely want to see yeah. but i want to respect everybody's time um you know and don't worry i was going to censor myself and- <laughs> <laughs> see i would love to hear Derek. i would yeah. love to i mean maybe uh, we'll, we'll talk we'll talk episode, offline we'll talk offline but um you know i most importantly want to you know, thank you all for engaging in this and have and you know continuing your support. Mm-hmm. Um, I adore each and every one of you and value all of everything that you say. Same. And um, and no, it's it, you're making the decision hard. Like, how am I gonna fill this seat now? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I guess we're sorry, gonna. Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> sorry. But no, like seriously, you guys are. to Japan. <laughs> well, she decided to go to Japan, so. <laughs> but yeah, no. Her vacation home. <laughs> yeah, I swear. At this point, it's her home away from home. I know. Except it's Japan. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we go back there? It's not like hey, I'm going to the Keys for the weekend. She yeah, goes on a yearly trip to Japan, <laughs> <laughs> and she takes more of her people with her. I think she's trying to convince her her community to just go. go with her. Oh, yeah. absolutely! Yeah. I think this is a long term plan that she yeah. has, uh-huh. where she's like, the more people she I can convince slowly, choice. the more chance that when I move to Japan and I being Lisette move to Japan, the community I'll be able to convince to move with me. That way it's not so much of a... That's why it's not so... At that point, it won't be so much of a shock. It's just her and Michael. It's, you know, her and her community. Oh, absolutely. She wants her community with her. Yeah, Yeah, I said it. I said it. (laughs) But anyway, no, thank you guys so much. Um, And thank you for withstanding the heat that is in this office. It is so hot. It's pretty comfortable. So those complaints fall on deaf ears. Uh, all right, all right. I feel like he hears all of our complaints all the time, and he's just like, Meh. no, no, yeah. Yeah, no. He's, he's just like, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. You'll, You'll live. live. You'll live. If I can live, you can live. But yeah, everybody have a safe drive home. Yes. Um, and um, and yeah, thank you guys so much for supporting, and we will be back with you next week. Bye! Thank you for listening to this episode of the Baby Lambs Podcast. Artwork was provided by Janabelle Art. You can follow her on all of her social medias. She's on Instagram and Facebook. And you can follow us on Instagram via our handle at Baby Lambs Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Baby Lambs PCast or Baby Lambs Podcast. You can find us now on iTunes and Google Play and even on CastBox, which is actually a really cool app. Also by finding us via our handle, 
Baby Lambs Podcast or by visiting our website at babylambspodcast.com. Thanks again for listening.